What's going on, CGers? I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd. And before we get into our next talented, moving, spectacular guest, I want to encourage you, yes, you, to like, share, subscribe, tell people about this podcast that will be inspired, motivated, educated, and all of that. If you've been rocking with me this long, I appreciate you. And if you're just joining, welcome. My next guest, you have most recently seen in Lynn Manuel Miranda's In the Heights. His name is Asim Bivens, and he is a mover, a dancer, and he also has a mission to spread health and wellness knowledge. In this episode, we talk a little bit about his dancing career, how he got started in dance as an art form, what moves his spirit and what moves him about dance particularly, what his journey was for from dancing in the streets of New York, from dancing on trains to finally dancing in, in the Heights and beyond. He's up to a lot of great things, not only for his own career, but for his community, which is great. He's very young and knows his mission, his purpose. We talk about what inspired him the most as a dancer. We talk about his health and wellness company that he started with his fiance. And he gives a little some tips, three tips that people can implement today to improve their health. And I encourage you to look into his company if you do want to engage in some healthier habits and if you are interested in health and wellness. Be sure to check him out on Instagram. His, his his health and wellness platform. And if you have not seen In the Heights yet, I encourage you to check that out. People spoke life into him in the beginning of his career. He's going to talk about a, a, a downturn in his career and how he turned that around. And I hope that you are inspired by that story and that he can speak some life into you. Let's enjoy this episode with Haseem Bivens, episode 57. Lego! What's going on, CGers? I have Haseem Bivens on with me. What is going on, Haseem? Calling in from Los Angeles, LA. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, yeah, Hasim Bivens here, um, also known as Gorilla Sage. I'm from New York, but I recently moved out here to Cali. You know what I'm saying so. I hear that. Yeah. Making things happen. You have you have a, a huge project that's out right now, playing nationwide. Probably going to be international soon. You're a part of history, but we're going to table that. We're going to come back to that. And I want to ask, what's your earliest memory of dancing? videotapes from the VHS store with my grandma, like at five years old, six years old. We uh we lived down in Virginia on a dirt road for a little bit when my grandma was still here and she was a big MJ fan, so she put me on. And I loved MJ as a kid, loved MJ coming up. And like he's probably my first reference of like dance greatness <laughs> as a kid. Yeah. Do you like Chris Brown too? Because I hear that Chris Brown really loved MJ too. He kind of like got his his uh, moves from MJ too. Yeah, I mean, you know, we all have to. It's kind. Of, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a ball player too, so I, I do like a little bit of basketball reference and like Michael Jordan and LeBron type of situation. So you're not gonna get another Michael Jordan, but we do. We, we should appreciate our LeBrons. You know, the ones who are doing it right now. So when I was coming up, I wasn't too big of a Chris Brown fan. So we got too much comparisons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, thing you know actually was a crumper back back when i first started so that was his style as well um and then over the years i feel like he's kind of gotten to his own little pocket and he does his thing mm-hmm. but you're not touching mike man it's, i feel that big shoes to fill you know i feel it's, that it's, yeah. icon so why why dance why is dance important to you do you think it's the only thing that i can get up and do every day and not get bored um I mean, art in general is one of those things because I also went to school. Uh, that's how I met Will. I, I went to school to be 
an actor um, at first, and I was street dancing. I don't have any technical training in the studio. I, I was uh, I came up in the, in the street dance battle culture in Brooklyn, but um, dance always just spoke to me. Like even when I wanted to be an actor, I thought I just wanted to like dance in the background first. But I realized that my voice can command attention and has power too. So just like self-expression and just finding out what you want to say through art is, I think, why. Yeah, that's why I chose it. This like gives you all the freedom to say what you want, be what you want, and you create what you want. So I love that. And to kind of, I guess, a, a sub question to that is what. So MJ inspires you. What what inspires you most about dance? Are you inspired by movement of nature? Are you inspired by the movement of life? What inspires you about movement and dance? Um, I, can, I can honestly get inspiration from anything. Um, as far as dance, though, it's just like this. This so like the body is limited. You know what I'm saying? Like. Uh, there's so many things that are being discovered, styles, ways of moving, ways to hit the music, ways to tell stories with our bodies. That just makes it seem as if we haven't even scratched the surface on like telling stories through movement. And um, yeah, it's, it excites me. It excites me a lot. <laughs> the, 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 the room for growth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. When did you decide? Tell me about the moment that you knew that the arts was for you, that you really wanted to dedicate a life to the arts. Do you remember that moment? I do, I do. And let me just double back. I never break dance. Never. The style I, I never break dance. The style I do is called flexing. Okay. It's Brooklyn-based uh, dance style that literally uh, immigrated from Jamaica to Brooklyn with the Caribbean people. It started as a style called Bruck Up. It was a very exaggerated, exaggerated, make-up-your-face way of dancing to reggae music. It mm-hmm. wasn't too swag. It was very exaggerated. And then when they got to Brooklyn, it got a little bit more technical. So just to give you a little backstory there. But the moment I wanted to dedicate my life to the arts was when I met a man named Nico Anin. He was my first director. He was my first teacher in dance and art and in acting. And uh, I met him in high school. I was into AM1 basketball back then. I was into Hot Sauce, AO, <laughs> Escobar, you know, those guys, right? So I was playing street ball, and then I met Nico. He came to Detroit and just plopped himself in our in our town of Greenberg up in Westchester County. He was like, I want to start doing some theater with kids. And he had auditions, and we ate it up, man. And my first role I got, I wanted to just do background. I wanted to do, like, crew stuff, get the chairs out, do background stuff, because I wasn't trying to be on stage He made me basically made me audition for the lead role i got the lead role and what he did was so genius he, he combined movies save the last dance rise and you got served and he meshed all the characters together so i was a guy who played ball but i secretly loved to crump in the play so mm-hmm. i was like oh this is great i get to do all my research i get to get into crumping i get to you know still play a little ball this was dope and then after that play ended i was like this is it this is what i'm gonna do like i'm crumping now i'm battling now crumping i'm going to different places in my county like yonkers mount vernon we're going to the bronx we didn't even get to brooklyn yet in my development that's when i first decided i was gonna just be a dancer an artist and dedicate my life to this craft like 17 16 that's beautiful and um so dance is very specific i i hear some people that say that you either got rhythm or you don't do you think that somebody who do you think that dance is something innate 
in somebody or you think it could be something that could be learned along with like not just the technical aspect of it but do you think if you have rhythm you have it or if you don't you don't or can it be developed i think that's the beautiful thing about dance man it's it, it, there's literally something for everybody so um there's there's social dancing you know where we got the, the tiktok videos and the soldier boy and the lean with it rock with it those those old school social dances that is for everybody um you can have a lot of rhythm or a little rhythm and you can feel good doing those dances we talk about being nice though like performance no not everybody can do that no way um and that's and that's okay because some people you gotta have some people on stage you gotta have some people in the seats you know what i'm saying i think so things like social dances those are for everybody but is this like me? Dance is like a martial art. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not gonna say every sitting here and say everybody can get into the MMA ring. You know what I'm saying? And like yeah. go crazy. You really got it. Some people can do the training and and get, and get physically fit from it, but to like get in there, get in the ring, actually perform, do it at a high level, night after night. That's not for everybody, you know. But social dances, sure. Get your soldier boy on, you know. I feel that. And he, he uh, Soldier Boy was the first person to ever do a social dance. Let's just get that correct. You, <laughs> you know, we got we got we got to give him his you know, his due. But but even things like the electric slide, you know what I mean? Like boogie woogie yoogie, you know what I mean? Like that's for everybody. Yeah, that's, feel good, you know, feel good. I'm dancing dances to make you feel good. I'm a little bit more intense with my style and how I approach dance. But social dances for sure, absolutely. That's for everybody. So tell me a little bit more about your style in terms of how you practice a dance. How do you how do you do that? Do you have a process that's the same for each time you're doing that, or what's your process like with that? If I'm if I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a natural freestyle artist. So like if somebody says just go, I, I, I go. That's what I train myself to do to tap into a feeling or a character or what I want to tell somebody off rip. So I practice that. If I'm making a piece in a show or I'm choreographing with my, my partner, my fiance, my business partner, um, we we like to focus on what we want to say first, how we want what the, the, the mood or the, the feeling we want to convey first and let that fill the movement. Um, and yeah, I love that because it's, I really think if dances, if dance stays cosmetic, it'll only be about the pretty lines and the 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 cool turns and the cool moves but it's a way to communicate so we want to let you we want to figure out what we're trying to say first before we even start like moving mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying so when people leave they may so, so a couple cool moves when they leave they're going to leave with something of substance they're going to leave with something past dance and I think that's a very rare and beautiful space to be in as a creative like okay I'm not I'm no longer trying to build my toolbox i'm just i'm just trying to get my message across nice nice and so you've obviously had a a a very very great journey right and i think everybody in their life whether or not they're in their arts or not we have like peaks and valleys tell me about a time where you had like a rock bottom moment where you had your doubts and what you did to turn it around So I, I, I was in the acting, acting training program at University of Hartford, where I met Will. And I left 
right before the year started, I auditioned for SUNY Purchase acting program, and I got in. It was dope. For me, it was a it was a more concentrated uh, conservatory for acting. Um, they didn't have much musical theater up there; it was straight acting. And then I did my freshman year, I did my sophomore year, and I got kicked out in the sophomore year. Kicked out of the acting program. Uh, for what? So the general note that I left with was just that I wasn't I wasn't fitting with the company. So they're trying to make a company out of students that feels like a company. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they gel well together. Me, I'm I'm 18, 19 years old, I'm fiery, I'm trying to go to Brooklyn, I'm trying to battle. This is like in my my heyday. I ain't really trying to mess with, you know, all of the, the foo-foo of acting. I had a very immature mindset at the time. Um, in regards to what I was being blessed with. So I I take responsibility for that for sure. But, man, they missed the mark kicking me out, dogs, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, they lit a fire under me, man. Um, after that, I went into a crazy, crazy, uh, like, downward spiral depression. I didn't really, I was in court. I, I got kicked out of the program, but I was still in school. Mm-hmm. So I was paying the school, and I didn't want to go no more, because if I'm not passionate about something, I don't really put my heart into it. Um. So once acting was was a dub, I'm like, okay, I guess I'll do liberal arts or something. And I was like, yeah, this is trash. I'm doing papers. I ain't doing what I love. <laughs> Going to school, and then I went to, um, I became a security guard. That was that was kind of trash. <laughs> <laughs> I was working at Macy's, doing overnights, and um, living in my mom's crib. Just it was tough, man. And then. One day, randomly, my cousin was like, yo, what are you doing? And I was like, I ain't doing shit, man. I just got off work. I ain't doing nothing. I haven't, I haven't danced. I ain't doing shit. And she told me that this guy that worked in her building, she was into business and shit. The security guard in her building was a choreographer in a studio. And she was like, I'm going to just book this class and I'm going to take you. So she picked me up, rode me all the way down to the city from Westchester. And she sat with me in that class. And... That was a turning point for me right there, man. I just, I had somebody that saw value in me when I saw no value in myself. And me and that cousin don't even talk no more like that. But that moment will always stick with me because it was a very low moment for me creatively. As a man, nothing was really working. When I went to that class, I felt so good after, man. I was like, man, this is, this is what I've been missing. Why have I been depriving myself of these, of the, of this, of this feeling? And, you know, so I, I reflect on that a lot, actually. That's grace, man. That's beautiful, man. It just it's it's a testament to having somebody speak life into you. That's that's great. And now, obviously, you go from that. Tell me how in the heights came into your life. In the heights, man. So um, like I said, I'm from Westchester. So I'm I'm working as a hall monitor and a dance teacher, saving up to move to Brooklyn because I love Brooklyn so much. I love Brooklyn so. Um. I'm doing great things in my town, though. I'm teaching, working as a hall monitor, teaching dance after school. Year ends, I'm like, yo, forget this. I'm going down to Brooklyn. I'm moving to Brooklyn. So I manifested it, moved to Brooklyn. I'm down there. I'm teaching. And then basically a couple months later, my man, Soup, who's like a Brooklyn Flex OG, he's an OG in the culture, literally hits me on Facebook, like a messenger, like, yo, bro, you got to be at this audition. They look for flexors. Yada yada yada, go hold it down. Say less. Click. I'm there. Where's the address? I'm tr- I'm hungry. I'm out here. I went there, man. It was everybody. 
like every nice dude from the culture and every like nice break dancers, nice vogers, nice flexors, bone breakers, nice everybody was just nice there. We all knew each other, of course, because the dance community is small when you're good. Um, and then, man, the, you know, the audition process was like a video game, bro. Like literally, you and I'm y'all, I literally, I lie to you not. Y'all remember like you stand ten people, you say what you represent. They play that music and you gotta go. You gotta go. You gotta go off. And I'll never forget going off. And the lead choreographer Chris Scott, because I was the last one to go in my group, I went crazy. He called me to the table and said, "Yo, soup sent you, didn't you?" Wow. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah. And I dapped up Chris, and that was it. I had to do one more audition. I had to do some salsa choreography, which I'm not good at. <laughs> Thank. The universe thanked the creator that some amazingly talented salsa dancer needed a partner, and I had no partner, so I raised my hand on day two, mm-hmm. and she literally schooled me throughout the whole audition. Two weeks later, I get the email, you cast. That's awesome. Was was Lynn in the room, too, or was it just the, the choreographers? Lynn didn't come until we... I didn't see Lynn, Lynn until we were in, like, rehearsal mode, like, after the audition, so... The first rehearsal Lynn was in, that's when you had all the HBO Max cameras there trying to get the beginning footage of how it starts and shit. And then Lynn really was ODing on set. Like, he would just, we had to sing the lyrics and shit. He would just pop up and throw his arm around somebody and start singing with us and shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was, it, was a, it was a very fun family vibe uh, throughout the rehearsal, rehearsal process and shooting, man. It was crazy. It was so like a family. Ridiculous. I was gonna ask you about that too at the rehearsal. I was wondering, like, if it was just your your book, you show up on set on the day, but they did give you a rehearsal period. How how man, long? That, that rehearsal, oh man! So the rehearsals was like they had your whole day for one. They had you for the whole day, and there was probably a couple weeks. So so they have so many dance numbers. You're not in every dance number, right? Right. right. Certain dance numbers have certain days and certain times to be working. Like, your dance number might have had Corey Hawkins in it. So, Corey might be in your rehearsal. And then Anthony Ramos might be in another rehearsal, get another choreography because he's doing another another dance number. So, you had it was always things flowing like a well oiled machine because the choreography team was crazy. Chris Scott, Ebony Williams, Emilio, Princess, Eddie Torres, Donna, like like an Avengers team of choreographers, <laughs> man. I'm talking about choreographer Usher, Step Up, Beyonce. Eddie Torres Jr., his father, like, coined Mambo on the two. Oh, wow. Wow. His, Eddie Torres Sr., and he's a whole, is a whole legacy. So, like, when you see dan- the dancing in the movie, it really comes from a very real and rich place. And it got NYC dancers to, like, come mess it up, man, for real, for real. So, That's dope. Yeah. So, you're from New York. You get to represent this film and this culturally rich film. I was, I was, I was watching it. I was just inspired by how many brown faces were on there. Like what? What? What's it feel like to be part of something that is gonna have that legacy for for Latino culture and just being a part of something that started in New York is gonna have the reach that it does. And and from your journey, looking back from where you were to now, where you where you are. Uh, I've been really trying to wrestle with this one since I saw myself on the big screen. There's really no words, man. As an artist. I really feel like we, as a, as a working artist, you want to find consistent 
quality work or create consistent quality work. And for a dude that came from literally battling, dancing on the train, dancing on the street to get to this level, it's just humbling, man. I just, I, I feel like I can make anything happen that I want to happen. It's one of those confirmations. And then on top of that, like the history that this film is making and is going to make, I don't even know, I can't even fathom what that ripple in the pond is going to feel like. I'm just literally enjoying the ride. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to touch on it too. I don't know if you was going to ask it, but there's even a little bit like controversy, controversy with the whole uh, In the Heights thing as far as like Lynn, uh, people telling Lynn or reaching out to Lynn uh, saying that he, they thought that he could have maybe added more Afro-Latinas in leading roles. Mm-hmm. I would just encourage people to like listen to Lynn's responses because I really feel like he's listening. And even though he might have missed the mark with this one, he's the kind of person, he's the kind of energy to not miss it on the next one. He hears people, he listens, he's a real human being. And um, for those who might hear this and want wanna, want me to touch on that, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Get that real quick, like listen to Lynn's responses because he's listening when people are reaching out to him saying like, yo, where's the Afro-Latinas in leading roles? Because we want to see it. We need to see it. Yeah. He knows, feels that even more now. So... I know I kind of segued a little bit, but I had to put that in there for a second. No respect. I, I, I was going to stay away from that, but, you know, it's 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 good to touch on. I like um, the hot seat. Cool, cool. Uh, what what was your favorite moment on set? There was uh, you. The pool scene was just dope. Like, the aerial shots that they were having and just, like, it looked like a lot of fun. It looked like you guys were genuinely enjoying yourself. Um, what, what was your favorite moment on set? You really can't beat that pool scene. I ain't gonna hold you, bro. I did. I shot one take. Nice. I shot one take, and well, one take in the mo- in the in the in the part where me and uh, me and the guy are taking over the whole camera. That, yeah. that whole thing, and the guy was doing the two man. That yeah. guy's name is Harris, by the way. Mm-hmm. Le- legend in Philly. He literally has like the longest running hip hop touring company since like 1992. It's like, he, and he's he's black dude amazing legend he worked with alvin ailey anyway me and him are doing our thing but then i'm in the i'm in the pool doing certain dance scenes too so like the whole day they were like yo we need dancers for this all right i'm in i'm popping <laughs> he dances for this. All right, i'm popping in then when they finally called me for my soul like my two-man solo with rennie we went crazy like the behind the scenes footage looks like it's a big party you would think it was just like a cypher going on yeah yeah and that's that was part of the energy that was able to be captured and displayed genuinely, I think, by John M. Chu, the director, because he does the step ups. He does. He knows how to shoot dancers and make them look crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. That he did that well. For me, that was my favorite moment on set. I mean, the whole the whole experience is just like getting on there and and and, and just displaying, like being ready. Like, like I, I practiced. I did my drills. This is the time. Like this is it. If, if if I feel like I didn't do it or did I could have done better after this, then I, I didn't I missed my mark. I gotta kill it now. It's now, it's now. You know what I'm saying? If you wait around on set, you they'll pay you to wait. Yeah. You'll wait for days. And they'll pay you nice. Yep. Then they'll be like, I right, ready for you. And then once they ready for you, you gotta kill it. I didn't even know how crazy it went because two years went by. And then the movie comes out and I'm like, Oh, I look like that? <laughs> you know that's dope so, man favorite moment on set had to be a pool scene you know, I just, that was where I lived I lived the most on that that day 
how'd you keep your body warmed up? So you're sitting, sitting, sitting. And as a dancer, if you're, did you guys like stay active in between or what, what you guys do? Most, most of us did. Um, I brought, I brought, I brought my um, elastic bands, you know, we had dancers would get up and just have a cypher. Sometimes you had B-boy battles and (laughs) Bebo versus little O like, you you know what I'm saying? Then people would get up and do like a little, like, like a dance circle where they would just do one move, you repeat them and just stay, stay warm and all of that because it was dead raining on the pool day. It was raining that Dang. day. Like, no lie, the sun wasn't even out. It looked mad bright in the movie because they, they had to... <laughs> It was crazy. That's cool. But yeah, you got you to, you know, to get up, move your body. You're da- We're dancers. We're supposed to be equipped with being able to warm up our instrument. You know what I'm saying? Like... Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to be, get on set and be like, all right, ready to shoot? Nah, I got to strap. No, warm, keep it warm, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and that should be like innate at this level, I think. Um, you know, stretching, moving around, taking a walk. Hit the elastic bands, you know? When you get up and just laugh, dance. Nice. And what's the most valuable? So you're obviously surrounded by like the best of the best dancers from New York. You said Philly, somebody from Philly, a legend in Philly was there. What was the most valuable thing you learned from being around so many dope artists, amazing artists, very talented? Um, what was the most valuable thing you learned from on set? That I'm their equal. Love that. Yeah, I, I know that's like real nutshellish or whatever, but I, I, at first when I got into this experience, I was like, oh, man, I'm around these greats, these greats, these greats, these greats. They've done so much to Beyonce, Chris, Usher. And I, I kind of psyched myself out. And then when I got to rehearsal, everybody was looking at me like, yo, bro, you that you that dude. Like, bro, like, nah, I'm honored to know you. Thank you for being part of this film. And then at the end of it, I realized, like, I helped make In the Heights look dope. So the greatest thing I took away was the fact that I'm their equal. Like, I don't have to feel like I'm below anybody. And self-worth is big for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Knowing your worth knowing what work you put in and, and I have to tell myself that all the time like you're the equal you're not below nobody bro like, I love they cast it. you nothing like you deliver something that really can't be found in a lot of places so that's value beautiful and and um you have obviously you mentioned your fiance earlier and you guys are really big into health and fitness you guys really kind of have a movement for for, well, why don't you talk about what your mission is and, and what your what your health company is and wellness? Absolutely. Um, thank you. Um, our company is Black Love Arts LLC. It started as an arts company. Um, we began. We met me and my fiance Crystal Bates. We met in a dance company in New York, and we both left and decided to do our own thing. We were vibing. We were, we were making some things happen. And, feeling connected so we left it was before we were like fiance and stuff and we were really trying to figure out what we wanted to say as artists and um being black being a black man and being a black woman is very important to us you know what i'm saying we, we, we wear that with pride and we want our brothers and sisters to do the same so black love came to be a way to galvanize that a way to do art you know what I'm saying? Um, so we made a production. We made a two-person, hour-long production. And we sold out a theater in New York City, I believe, two years ago, October 19th. Like, right after I was done shooting, we mm-hmm. started doing the show. 
Nice. Like, I was like, after, right after night was done, I'm like, what to do? Oh, people would be like, oh, what to do now? Gig, gig, gig. No, I'm going to go own something. I'm going to go make this thing. And we sold out that theater. It was crazy. And then we um we opened up for Black Choreographers Festival in Oakland. We took it from NY to Oakland. Um, we toured. Uh, and then when the pandemic hit, we were like, what, what, like, what do we, what do we do? My mom caught COVID. Dang. <clears throat> you feel me? Um, and I've always been a vegan health purist, all of that stuff. So I'm like, okay, you caught COVID. Time to detox. You feel me? Get mm-hmm. these elder, this black seed, <laughs> this chemos. We don't play, we don't, we don't do the fear thing. We don't do the fear monger thing over here. Mm-hmm. So we set her up with a care package. Two weeks later, she's good. Nice. So, I'm like, me and Crystal was like, yo, why don't we do this? Why don't we just like, because we lived conveniently close to an herbal store right there in Brooklyn. So we can take people's orders. And we were doing that. That's what we did. Black Love Holistic Care Packages. Boom. We back out there now. So, pandemic, we sent care packages to about 30 states nationwide. Nice. Um, Yeah, you know, it's crazy. Uh, It was just... It just was innate, and we felt like we were doing another part of the work we didn't realize that we were called for. Um, and then it became a thing, man. We just, we just care packages, bro. We, was, we did a whole. We have a smoothie tutorial how we how we implement our herbs on YouTube. We have a YouTube page, uh, Black Love Arts. Um, we have an Instagram, uh, Black Love B L A K H L O V E. The K is for Crystal. The H is for Hasim. Mm-hmm. Um. And yeah, man, it, it blended into our, our arts and wellness company after the pandemic happened. So now we we curate events. We have Black Love. We have our Black Love cookout to where we have artists come, poets, singers, comedians come in, you know, do their art and uh, potentially leave with a CMOS shot. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or something like that. So we always have that wellness attached to the arts because we feel like we have to stay healthy to stay creative. That's that's part of our, that's one of our motto, mottos. Stay healthy, stay creative. This is our tool. This is what we use. We can't be taking care of our cars better than we take care of this. Facts. So, stay healthy, stay creative. That's dope. And why do you think um, black and, what do you think black and brown communities relationship with health and wellness spaces currently? I, there's obviously been progress. I think there's um, a long way to go and you're going to kind of fill that gap and need but what do you think their relationship with health and wellness is now and why do you think it's the way it is conditioning we were conditioned you know we're, we're people that's always climbing up out of the the muck we were we were we were born into in a sense um, you know being black in America and we just we didn't really we didn't really know ourselves we didn't really know ourselves to know what we were putting in our body you know what I'm saying? So like the conditioning we were put into and things that our, our parents learned, their parents learned, might not it might not uh weigh the same today. You know what I'm saying? Like the meat might not be the same or like the GMOs and all the things that they put in the food. So education is is key, you know what I'm saying? Learning, but also applying. You know, just don't learn it to ego stroke, apply it. Um, I feel like where we are today, we've definitely gotten better. Um there's like major strides being like major strides being made we are everything got to be vegan now for every company they got to come out with a vegan option for everything i really think that's a movement for the, from the people from us forcing them to 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 
like meet the demand. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like I said, I do think it's getting better, but I feel like it's it's it's, it's missions like ours that is going to push it over the top, and people like Queen Afua and Supernova Salam and KT the Arch Degree and Doctor Sabi, who everybody probably knows. Um, those people, not to say we passed, but like KTDR's degree, Queen Fool, Dr. Uh, Supernova Salam, those are just three people that I look to that are like been in the health and wellness journey for a minute that you can always find reference from. Books like Woman Heal Thyself, Man Heal Thyself, um, and watching uh, Dr. Sabi interviews, um, Eat to Live and Not Eat to Die, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like just really just filling yourself up with the right knowledge, right knowledge meaning what's aligned with you. Black people are more alkaline. We should stay off acidic foods. What are alkaline foods? And applying that, man, I really think we're on the brink of something, but you just need to keep going. Nice. Just need to keep going. Yeah. What are what are three tips that anybody can do right now to increase their health and wellness? Drink more water. Gotta drink more water. Stretch. Definitely stretch. And like be active. Stretch and be active. I'll put that in two together. Like be active. And um cut down on that meat consumption, man. Just yeah. If you're not if you're not gonna stop, just at least, you know, be like monetized, you know what I mean? Like cut it down a little bit. But those are the three. Back I can think of definitely get that water in, stay active, cut the beat down. You you probably feel <laughs> a difference just from that. <laughs> nice. And so you mentioned earlier in the interview that uh, a mentor of yours taught and directed, and you have a, you currently teach and direct and mentor youth, right? You have a dance company. I we have a comp. I don't teach as much anymore. Like I was when I before I moved out here when I was in New York, I was killing them with the teaching since doing more gigs and focusing on our arts company i haven't done much teaching we have certain classes we pop out and stuff but not as much but i definitely used to uh, youth man it was just all about the youth for a long time they paid my bills man you know you're teaching the kid they paid they pay mm-hmm. little kids they love their mothers and parents will pay um but yeah i just wanted to clear that up nice okay and um what are you currently working on or do you desire to work on next leading um off the in the heights so my company we do moved over here and it was still pandemic time so we organized a a monthly hike black love adventures we called it and black people meet up at a certain uh trail get out there do the hike more currently we have a project we come out with like every other month called black facts where we go around to different historical locations and landmarks we we dance there shoot a visual and then we uh put the visual on and in the caption we give you all the facts about why this place is important and why you should know about it our first black fact was in Oakland, California, and it was the space where the Black Panthers took their first public stance. It was on a corner of a street, or it was on a street rather, busy, very busy intersection where students got injured and they wouldn't put a traffic light up there. 
So the Panthers took it upon themselves to stand in and direct traffic so nobody would get hurt no more. Wow. So he Oakland, shot a visual there, put that on uh, Black Love Instagram page. It just recently got over a thousand views. We're very proud of that. And that's a very passionate project we're proud of. We also are um, submitting films to film festivals. Um, we have a film out called Living with Demons. It's not shown anywhere because we're trying to, we're, we're wanting, we want to get it seen. Mm-hmm. Um, it tackles the mental, the mental um, state of a black man and a black woman living in America through police brutality. Mm-hmm. And so I'll give you a little premise on that. But um, yeah, right now it's really about our visuals, creating events out here for artists to come. We want to have a Black Love Cookout maybe around August, and build our tribe out here. We really, really want to build our tribe out here and see who, who resonates with our message out here to support and who can we connect with because we're never gonna stop, and we just want to know who resonates with what we're putting out. You know what I'm saying? We also we don't just not just a dance company. We also do acro yoga. Nice. Where I put there on my feet, we balance it out. We have that in the show. I spin a uh, an, uh, an illusion tool called Boogang. Um, if you see my pages, it's these two S-shaped sticks that I spin, and they create ocular illusions for people. And um, we put all these things in the show, which is why we call ourselves an arts company. You know, just for, like all forms of art. Uh, movement are pr- primarily and um, yeah man I just feel like where we are we're very focused and we have our boxes that we're filling and right now visuals is where we're at visuals and getting people together while the world's opening back up because we definitely have to accommodate the world right mm-hmm. people aren't oh I'm going to give you more visuals people popping out alright we got that too I ask all my guests this when you think of the word creative, who comes to mind for you and why? Probably my director, Nico. Yeah, I, I was trying to think of another person, but like he said first, I'm like, my director, Nico. Nico can literally, Nico can make you feel creative if you ain't creative. Like, wow. That's that's how much my, like, he literally altered my whole existence like I was really into and one bro like I had every mixtape every and one mixtape in the world and Nico just by being himself and me wanting to be around that energy he was like oh now nah, you're gonna dance you're gonna act I already see it in you have something even if you don't see it in yourself it'll pour into you ridiculously like creatively it'll make you think like damn why didn't I think of that damn I could I could I could I could still do it right okay yeah yeah it'll just pour into you hmm very 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 blessed to have that man in my life he's the only professional black working actor that I know in the business that's older than that I know personally that man is literally my artistic father like I wouldn't have been doing any of this shit if it wasn't him. nice and how can people connect with you there's there's tons of reason why people might want to connect with you one on a dance tip if they want to learn from you there if they want to support your, your health and wellness if they want to purchase some things from you to improve their health and wellness how do people connect with your personal Instagram or your social and then your companies as well? And then your dance, your arts company. Absolutely. Uh, my personal um, Instagram, and I'm very active on there. You can always hit there. It's gorilla underscore sage. Same spelling, gorilla underscore sage. My arts company, 
is uh, Black Love, B-L-A-K-H-L-O-V-E. And you just type that in on Instagram, we'll come right up. Um, email, I, I work best with my, my company email, blacklove.com. I'm, I'm sorry, that's the website, sorry about that. <laughs> website is blacklove.com. The email is blacklove at gmail.com. So we definitely have a website where all of our visuals are up there too. Um, and things that we've done, our tours, you know, parts of our shows and things. So those are the best ways to get in touch with me. Beautiful. Haseem Bivens, it's been a pleasure having you on. I'm inspired by your journey, and this is just the beginning for you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate your time, and shout out to your podcast. I know you're a hard working man. I appreciate your time, too. All right, brother. Peace. Peace.